0: Here we come blue and white and we're looking good You'll be in for a fight and we fight pretty good Getting goals is our job and we get goals good Looking good, we are Carlisle United Carlisle United, the team that's on the ball Carlisle
1: United.
0: Take me home, Warwick Road. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Brunton Bugle, a podcast focusing on the trials and tribulations of Carl United Football Club. From Dave Morley to Gary Medean and Clint Hill to Darren Holloway, we've got it covered. This is episode 7, and we're going to be looking ahead to the first home league game of the season against Southwark United, as well as discussing the disappointing start of the season with Chris Beach's side. For this episode, I'm joined by my co host, Dan McLennan. As ever, Dan, I have to ask you how has it gone, and most importantly, are you looking forward to finally getting back to Brunton Park this weekend?
1: I do well. First of all, we'll just uh, double check that it is episode seven because uh, <laughs> you did get some me. numbering yeah. issues uh, on the I last one. Me. But uh, it is seven, yeah, eight. no, it's uh, obviously we knew we knew the club were hoping to be part of the uh, the trials, and when the ten were announced, uh, it wasn't really a surprise that we were one. I, from from being at the the supporters group meeting the other week, I think uh, the club were really on top and on the ball with it which which sort of ties in with the regular updates we've had throughout the summer, oh, doesn't yeah, it? Definitely. You know, yeah,
0: yeah, they've been really on top of it.
1: Yeah, I mean I mean win. I think there's is it three games are pulled out of the ten now, is it? Yeah, um it's three games we'll, we'll come Lute with that. And, Yeah, Luton, Markham and Hull now, so yeah. You know, that that's different in sizes of clubs, so it's
0: Yeah, it just just goes to show, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah I think Hull's issue was more that the council didn't give them approval, whereas I think with Luton and Morkum, it was more like it's just too short a notice for yeah, us to sort yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, the fact that Hull, a League One club with a big setup like theirs, weren't organised in time with, yeah, with the, yeah. the council side, whereas we've had it sorted for weeks by this time. Yeah, I think, so yeah. yeah. Just goes to show, doesn't it? Um, okay, well, let's get stuck into the uh, main part of the show. First up, let's have a general roundup of some news that's happened over the last two weeks or so. <laughs> L. K., L. K., L. K. Okay, Dan, first up, let's look at the transfers uh during this period. Um last few updates have been quite busy with them, but this one we've only got one to share with you, in at least. And that's uh, young Ethan Walker, 18-year-old forward, who's joined on a season-long loan from Preston North End. Um, Early impressions, he's a tricky, sort of stocky, wide player who seems to be very well thought of at
1: detail, doesn't he? Yeah, he was involved in a pre-season game against Everton for Preston. Uh, I think it was the start of the week that he he came to us and Mm -hmm. uh, all of a sudden he was uh, in the card and on the way here. Uh, yeah, he's he's seemingly thought of and uh, I was listening to his interview on the official site where he sort of said, you know, yes, I've got a contract at Preston, but we do have a big squad and there's players coming back from long term, you know, I'm not really going to play and, you know, you can never knock young lads who want to go out and get football, you know.
0: Yeah, well, he's, he's been their top scorer for the under-18s two seasons in a row and by all accounts, he's not a central striker, so that's a pretty impressive stat in itself, but um, the other point... You can make his. Uh, a few years ago, I think it was against Aston Villa, he came on to make his debut for Preston Offend and he's their youngest ever debutant in the league, which is quite an achievement actually. when you think of a, a club like that as well, because going back in the day, they'll have had some young players playing for them in the early days, I think. So yeah, yeah, especially,
1: especially being one of the the founding members. And what uh, one thing that's not really been mentioned, obviously, uh, our backup left back Jack Armour, he'll have he'll have played with him in the yes, Preston's will, yeah. youth, youth teams yeah. and reserves. So. You know, especially for the younger younger lads who come on loan, I think it probably helps that there's a, a friendly face, helps him settle and, you know, probably travels up with, etc.
0: Yeah, there was a feeling we maybe needed an extra wide player, there, especially with uh, Dickinson being out till December, by the looks of things. So Yeah, yeah. It should, be, it should be a useful player to have in the squad and... I mean, <laughs> Well, we'll get on to the Cambridge game in a minute, which was uh, not a fun watch at the weekend, but he probably was one of the few bright sparks when he came on. He looked lively and he had a few tricks in his uh, back pocket. So you never know. I think, I think it could be quite a decent sign, actually. Um, yeah. On the way out, obviously, um, Charlie Birch has joined Lightfoot and Barnes at Kendall Town. Um, a pretty straightforward one, that, wasn't it? Because by all accounts, Birch was seen more as a left winger now than a left back. So we've walker coming in it just seems to make sense to send him to kendall till yeah it New was year.
1: It was interesting that he's gone for the full season whereas the other two are just until january you know what i hadn't even noticed that, I was yeah. In that yeah i
0: wonder if there's a feeling there that it'd be one of those ones where we'll be able to recall him at some point i'm sure oh january yeah particular. yeah
1: and then i know i know i know that they're still training with us through the week and they can play bounce games etc so
0: yeah yeah, it's one of the things. Um, but it,
1: I would also add, though, it probably shows that yes, we have got all these young first year pros. They're clearly not ready either. It, apart, Charters is the exception, being in and around the team last season, and obviously Dixon but, as well. Yeah, but yeah, he's the second year pro. You can argue, yeah, that. But, true, true.
0: But effectively, first year. Um, well, it's interesting you say that because I, I was thinking about this with these young lads. They all signed deals in February. At that point, we looked like we were pushing ourselves towards a sort of safe position in the league. I wonder if. Beach had in his mind at that point I'm going to give these lads a few run-outs in the last few games of the season but obviously with circumstances changing for one, obviously coronavirus but also the money we've got from Branfway has put us in a better position to build a decent squad this season and those five young lads have probably been a bit unlucky with the circumstances in that sense, haven't they?
1: Yeah, I mean look, these young lads they're cheap to take on which, you know, and they are backups and I, th- I think the feeling is if you take four five six young lads on if one of them pushes on you're doing well yeah so it's uh they, they are a gamble but they'll certainly learn about football playing for kendall because it's uh it's a rough and tough league it's uh well, i think they same learned- as reds isn't it <laughs> yeah i
0: think they learned on their debut last week didn't they they got uh, battered five nil by um bishop auckland and by all accounts uh a couple of the lads didn't have the the greatest of games but yeah. um, I, I heard reports that Barnes this same seems likes to get forward but not sure about his defensive side yeah, of so yeah. he'll, he'll learn the lessons there won't they? so yeah. hopefully they'll come back uh, stronger for the experience uh, and the final bit of sort of transfer news if you want to call it that is that uh, fitness coach David Weldy has uh, left the club he's gone to Mansfield Town to do the same role um, by all accounts it, this seems to be a sort of location thing isn't it really because he lives in lincoln yeah being ex-ref uh so it makes more sense for him to be somewhere a bit closer to home.
1: yeah by by all accounts uh dave waldi was a, a decent guy and i know when he announced he was departing he you know he said he loved the city and whatnot and wished everyone well and uh, he's certainly one who who leaves with the good wishes of everyone i'd say yeah definitely okay
0: well that's sort of the transfer news and that sort of thing out of the way um Let's move on to the the bit we're most excited about, and that's um, fans being back at games. So, obviously, mentioned there in the introduction um, that fans are going to be at the game this weekend. So, the original plan obviously was that there was going to be a test event for our game at Cambridge uh, last weekend, but the government's finally letting fans in. That that was the plan. A few issues came up before that; that had to be binned, didn't it? It was supposed to be two and a half files, wasn't it originally? I Think for that Cambridge.
1: Yeah, game? I think they had they had up to a thousand for the we don't talk about it, trophy. Yeah. And they only actually sold 800 tickets, which speaks volumes. Yeah. <laughs> but that's a separate issue. And then there were, I think there were, there were as you said, they were meant to have two and a half thousand, but I think the government wording changed that September would only be 1,000 full stop.
0: Yeah. So, I think, I think the, the issue was they'd already sold up to 2,000. Yeah. And they were in a situation where, well, how do we decide which fans can go and which can't? And thought the yeah, easiest thing to do is just... Not have fans there. Yeah, at
1: all, and it, I think it was also like, what if we can't get in touch with Joe Bloggs? He turns up expecting exactly. to come in and then he gets knocked back, you know. Exactly. Okay, well, so the government are finally letting fans attend and the 10 EFL fixtures that were picked originally
0: um, included our game against Southampton United, Brunton Park. Um, we say obviously 10 because you mentioned before three of the clubs, Luton, Hull and Morecambe, have all dropped out. Only announced on Wednesday lunchtime. I have to say, I think the club's done brilliantly to turn this round so quickly. And it's a real testament to the planning that they've done over the last few months to actually get to this stage, isn't it, Dan? I know you've known a bit about that from the CUSG meetings.
1: Yeah, as, as I said earlier, uh, when, when I was at the supporters group meeting on behalf of the message board, uh, was it started start last week, I think it was? Yes. Uh, when Nigel Clibbins was speaking, it, the impression I got was that, uh, obviously, we, we had already put our blocks in place, ready to go, as and when... You were allowed to apply and i know the uh the sag the safety advisory group were on board with what the club had done and i think that's one of the key things with these test games if you've got your local sag on board you are in a strong position and yeah. uh yeah look it's it's working for us you know i mean i know they're they're still working through uh it's thursday night at the moment so they're on to edge into the second end of the second week of sorting the season tickets to then have to sell tickets for the match on top but by all account it's been largely incident free you know i mean yeah. i did see they put a few extra paddock tickets up but you know I, I would say it would probably be sensible to keep 10 or 15 behind just in case you know yeah
0: yeah makes sense um yeah. but yeah so just a few sort of bullet points to go through what are the key things about this um only 1,000 are going to be allowed in the whole stadium in terms of fans. Uh, I'm not sure in terms of staff. There be, probably be, will be more on top of that, I would have imagined. Um, tickets initially on a first-come, first-served basis for season ticket holders only. Now, this game isn't included in the season ticket because it's a 22-game season ticket as the anticipation was the Barrow game would be the first game officially that we definitely will all be able to attend. Um the other thing I think fans need to take into account, it's going to be a very different experience, isn't it, Dan? Um, no alcohol be on sale at the ground. I think there will
1: be food, but I think
0: it's going to be a bit of a interesting one to see how that works. Um,
1: well, with uh, also going back to that meeting, what was in talks with, obviously this isn't confirmed and it might not happen, uh, where we usually record in the main car park, they have the Lakeland Steaks stall. Yes. I do believe they were planning similar on the East End side, although I'm not sure where. Yeah. Uh, that's obvious because if they open their own food stall in the concourse, crowds are going to congregate. You know, it's the spaces space isn't there. Likewise with uh, the beer counters, etc. But they are opening the sunset and the sporting pre-match. It's
0: together, although it.
1: it's you've got to apply to go in it'll oh. all be distance and i think it's table service only was the plan okay. but uh doesn't sound the best but if you if you really want that pint before the game it's it's there for you
0: yeah. well it's a wonderful kickoff as well this weekend you've got bare diamond as well so you'd imagine some people probably want to grab something before they go into the game at least so that might help in a sense possibly hard to tell
1: yeah and i do know that we're going to be relaxing the rules on taking uh items in i know normally if you take say a bottle or a can of coke yeah. it's not you're not really allowed or the bottle tops got to be taken off i think the plan was it would be allowed because obviously there's no food and drink knocking about but it's going to be very much on the trust you know a trust level you know where we're letting you please don't ruin it you know it only takes one idiot to to yeah. throw something and. Uh, you know, yeah. all hell will break loose. But yeah. uh, no, I'd like to think most of our fan base will be, uh, it'll, yeah, it'll take a little bit of getting used to, it, but, you know, yeah. we, we want to see some football, you know. Exactly, exactly. We've got to follow a couple of rules, so yeah. be it.
0: This is it's the first step in the process of getting back to normal ways of attending football. Yeah. And it's yeah. going to be a long road. It, it's going to be very different. Um, another point here, obviously, is the fact that fans need to get down early. Because um, it's going to be a slower process getting into the ground than it yeah. previously I, was.
1: I, I think the sort of message I got from the meeting was, if you turn up at five to kick-off, don't be amazed if you don't get in till five past ten past. Yeah, You know, you, you, you'll you certainly not be able to complain about that. I mean, I, I'll admit I can be as guilty as anyone for that. It, sometimes I'll work till two o'clock on a Saturday, so I don't get down till... 10 to 5 to 3, but if it means I don't get into 10 past, so be it. You know, yeah. We, we, we yeah. all want to see football, don't we, sir? So.
0: Exactly. Um, the other one, obviously, is the fact that you must stick to your designated terrace block or seat. There's no moving about, sit somewhere with a slightly better view or stand with a better view. That's just the reality of it. Um, and the masks issue, obviously, I think the club have been really good with this actually listening to fans and yeah, taking yeah. into consideration. You're not going to need to wear it when you're sat or stood in your place, but if you are to going to the toilet or something like that you will have to wear your mask at that point
1: yeah i mean it's common sense i know originally the, i think the plan was going to be masks at all time but when uh brighton played chelsea in that first trial game a couple of weeks back yeah uh, brighton adopted a policy of coming in and walking about wear a mask when you're in your seat, you're fine, you know. And again, it's it's, it's just common sense with it all, yeah. you know. Well, it's similar to what... I, it's a bit of a comparison here, but
0: I was up in Edinburgh for a few days this week. Um, And when you go to the pubs there, you have to wear your mask when you go in, when you walk into your table, when you sit down, you take it off. But then if you want to go to the toilet or anything like that, you then have to put your mask back on again. It's not a difficult process to follow and hopefully people will listen to it. And we do understand there's probably going to be some elderly fans who maybe are exempt for medical reasons why they can't wear it. So... You know, don't, uh, the key thing there is for fans as well, don't just jump to a conclusion if you yeah, see not think yeah, they may have a reason for it, yeah. Um, but yeah that's just, it's all good news, um, hopefully I'll we'll be down at Brunton Park on Saturday the, the thousand of us who've been lucky enough to get tickets, um, and I'm just hoping we can get a, a good result from the game we'll talk about that obviously in a minute uh, but let's move on to looking back at the last two games, that's a uh, low the tone a little
1: bit, do we, think. Do we have to? I, I kind of wish we didn't, it's <laughs> Where do you start? So yeah, but we'll try not to spend too much. Look forwards, <laughs> not backwards. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll try and do that anyway.
0: Yeah. Um, so we also now it's time to look back at the Oldham and Cambridge defeats, which made it three games played, nine goals conceded at the start of the season. Here's a little quick clip I'm going to play now of myself and Mike talking about our predictions for the olden game, where I was uh, very prescient with my thoughts. <laughs> okay so we're both going for 2-1 to Carlisle we're both going to look really stupid on Monday when, the, when we discuss um, our disastrous 3-0 defeat as it no doubt it will be so yes as it turned out it was another disappointing 3-0 uh, defeat uh, that we saw obviously a week later at Cambridge as well obviously we didn't talk about it on the Monday because we didn't get round to recording a review episode just one goal scored in three fixtures so far and nine conceded Is it
1: concerns at both end of the pitch Dan uh, on the face of it yes Uh, using your head maybe not as much you've got to remember it's a completely new defence by Aaron Hayden you know we've got a new goalkeeper and the rest of it's all new, they will take time to gel Uh, you know they'll take time to gel with each other to the system the manager wants but yeah we've got to admit initial luck isn't the best but you know, we've got the ideal fixture this week, haven't we? Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, obviously, We'll talk about Southend in the second half. Um, I think yeah, I agree with you there. It is the ideal fixture. Um, a bit of a shaky south Rob MacDonald back, isn't it? He's one we, that we didn't really know was was coming in pre-season. We knew all the others were coming because they'd been linked so, for so long. He was a bit of an unexpected one. Didn't have the greatest start in the last few games. He's looked a bit rusty. Um, but is it worth remembering that Byron Webster was the same, and also that, by all accounts, Aaron Hayden's not been 100% in the last few games as well.
1: Yeah, I know uh, Chris Beach in his pre-match press conference today, he mentioned a bit about uh, Aaron Hayden. uh, sort of suggested it could possibly be some sort of digestive system related. You know, and obviously... He, he, apparently he was the same at Cambridge last season so hmm. he, did, he did say it could just be the local air but uh, <laughs> it, it's being looked at and the, the lad isn't totally uncomfortable but hopefully it's uh, it's nothing too serious yeah well, the Rod McDonald
0: thing was interesting because his best point in the Cambridge game was actually where I think we had an attack at one point we had a lot of possession in the second half we, we dominated that but never really threatened that much but he was out on the left wing for some reason I think it was a set piece and he beat I think two or three times he beat men and put good balls into the box. You think, yeah, yeah. Have we got the wrong position for him? Here? And I didn't expect him to be a left winger, but uh, yeah, he's not looked the best so far. But I think the Byron Webster comparison is one worth looking at because Webster didn't look great at the start. And I mean, yeah, hopefully he'll sort himself out a bit quicker than Webster did last season because that yeah, took a while. Definitely. definitely. But Webster like, started to look decent towards the end of the season, so it's one maybe you need to give him a little bit more time. But if he's had a couple more tough games, you'd think Max Hunt would be knocking on the manager's door saying, "Hang on a second. I should be getting a look out here because I don't care how experienced he is. He's not playing well.
1: Yeah, and to be fair to Hunt, he played in the Newport game, didn't he? The last game before lockdown. Yeah, And he played well. Was he not man of the match in one of the games at the end of the season?
0: I can't remember if he did i sure. three games. I'm, yeah, he? He, I'm he looked sure good on his debut. I was impressed
1: with all of them. I'm, I'm sure he was man of the match in one of those games. Or certainly played very well and, yeah, he'd, he'd be within his rights. He'd be knocking on the manager's door saying, you know... I'm, I'm fit, I'm ready, you, you know, he's not playing well, Flaming, play Yeah, definitely. It's obviously not just defence that's the problem. I mean, you, you can look at the
0: defence and say, oh, you know, they're, they're not having great games, but there's maybe a little bit of a lack of protection from midfield as well. Um, it, 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 is that a bit of a problem area, do you think? I mean, the there's, there's, there's question's already been asked about John Mellish, and I know there's this experiment that Beach is convinced that he'd make a great midfielder, but... So far, he's not well, really showing it, is he? It's,
1: it's not just a midfielder; it's an attacking midfielder. He sees him as, and yeah. I'm I'm sorry, but on all the evidence so far, it just isn't working. And that's that's no slight on John Mellish; I, it just hasn't happened so far. There's a big difference between having a good game in a bounce game yeah, against definitely. Middlesbrough under 19s or someone. Oh, yeah, Blackpool, it, I think it was. Originally, yeah, it? you know. And and doing it in the the middle of a League Two football pitch, but uh, no, Dean Furman's uh, apparently back in the mix for this weekend, and now hopefully if he's getting up to speed, he will be the sort of the calming influence in the middle. You know, you? you know, the like the Mike Jones role of the last couple of seasons. You know, yeah,
0: it's one of those ones you look at at the moment and if it carried on for a few more games, you'd start asking questions, why did we let Jones go? Because, by all accounts, he's doing fairly well at Barrow so far, and they've been quite yeah. impressive in yeah. um, But, maybe we need to give it more time. I think, Divine's maybe been a bit unlucky to be dropped after that Fleetwood game, because, like you say, Mellish hasn't really shown much so far. Yeah. Um, and this is a question, is Taylor Charter's worth a look? Because actually, I thought he played pretty well when he came on against Oldham, in the Cup game, but... I, is he
1: maybe seemed a little bit too inexperienced at the moment? I'm not sure about that one. Yeah, well, there's a lot of questions and not enough answers at the moment in the no. middle, but uh, I think the next two or three games will hopefully go somewhere to uh, yeah. Yeah. getting it sorted. I, th- I think
0: when we're talking about midfield, obviously we've talked about more of the defensive side of it so far. We can't avoid talking about the elephant in the room that just won't go away. It's the lack of... I- I'm going to mention his name yet. Yeah? Give me a second. Give me a second, <laughs> right? It's the creativity issue. And I've got to say, I'm quite all right with managers generally. I think they're a bit hard done by with their interviews because when they get interviewed after the game, passions are still high. They're still processing what's happening in the game. It's difficult for them, for their view, to instantly go to the analyst and say, what's actually happened here? And give me a sort of rundown. But I would vehemently disagree with Beach and his comments about the number of shots shown we had creativity in that game against Cambridge. I watched that game and I follow, and I would say 90% of those shots were long-range efforts that were blocked about, two yards away from where the shot was. That, that's I might be wrong on that, but that's the impression I got watching the game there and then. See, that, that, that's not a shot on target for me. You know, it's... I mean, if it takes a shot, it counts in the stats. It, it might not have been maybe a yard, but maybe it's only gone about five yards if it's been yeah, comfortably yeah. blocked.
1: The keeper didn't have a say to make, really, in the game, realistically. That, that's a key one. You you look at how many saves your keepers had to make, and, yeah. you know, Cambridge's keeper, he, he won't have had to wash his kit. Yeah, yeah, it, it's one of those ones and. I
0: just did, I felt we were trying these pot shots from goal, and Alessandra really wasn't doing it as sort of the link player, really. And I I don't know. I, I've got to mention his name, Devitt. There you go, I said it now, right? <laughs> if you're not going to get him, get someone else in. There's got to be another attacking midfielder out there we could potentially bring in who will make a difference. There's plenty of players still waiting, looking for clubs. I just think at the moment, we're still lacking that player in midfield who can do that. And yeah, we we mentioned his name, Devitt, right? He can't just—he's not just an attacking midfielder, with Devitt. That's the thing. He can play a bit deeper. He's—he's he's got the work rate as well. There's maybe concerns about his injury record of the last year and a half or so. I understand that. Totally understand that. But I think he would be given a bit more time than any other signing potentially.
1: Yeah, he's—he's—he's he's, he's the. Uh, I'm trying to figure the word to describe it as far as the the fans are concerned. He's not not the messiah, but you know, he's certainly. He's well thought of by our fan base yeah. And you know Nobody really wanted him to go last summer Did they? So his return would be welcomed But You know there's all sorts of rumours flying about his, his payoff with Blackpool's Ready to go uh, there's a deal allegedly on the table at Brunton Park The manager wants yeah. him, the manager doesn't want him well, we The director we of football yeah. wants him, the director of football doesn't want him And it's got to the point where nobody believes anyone And no. it's just sort of come to a stop at the moment, hasn't it? Well, the only other club that's been linked with him since then is
0: uh, Tranmere And they've just signed Liam Feeney from Blackpool today yes, So I yeah, imagine yeah. they're probably not going to be after Devitt It seems we're the only club after him Maybe the questions are there, well, why are we the only club after him? Maybe the only club who can afford him, maybe. I don't know in the circumstances. Yeah, yeah, true. It's, there is a gaping hole that midfield for creativity. I, I, I don't really buy it from Beach. I know Alessandro can play as at number 10 just off a striker. I think he's a useful score player to have. But I wouldn't want him starting every week. I think you can do better than that, personally. So whether it is Devitt we go for, I don't know. But we need to get an, an, a midfielder in who can do that similar role. That, that's yeah, basically what we be definitely. definitely. I, I don't think there's any doubt about that. I suppose one positive we can take from the Cambridge game was it was good to see Patrick and Coyote back in the team and both getting 90 minutes under their belt as well was a really positive sign.
1: Yeah, they, did, they didn't get too many minutes pre-season, did they, because of the niggles and whatnot. And uh, they'll, they'll maybe take two or three games to get up to speed, but definitely one of the few pluses from the Cambridge game was the fact that... Uh, they're, they're, been and another
0: good performance as well from uh, Toure on the left as well. I think he looks a real find. I mean, for me, if he has another good game this weekend, Holdsworth should be getting him in his office on Monday morning and getting him to sign an extended deal because I think yeah. we saw with Hartlepool they lost him because they had a one-year deal with him. Let's not make the same mistake. Let's get him tied down because he looks a, a real. Th- Is it? I know it's an easy comparison to make because he's a sort of attacking mid- midfielder, left winger, French football upbringing. He does remind me a lot of Zoko and the way he plays, but I think actually works a lot harder than Zoko from the games I've seen so far. He tracks back quite a lot, and sometimes you actually set. what think you don't need to track back every time; get yourself forward. So, I think he's going to be a really big player for us this season, from what I've seen.
1: Yeah, uh, early signs have been encouraging, and uh, I've, I've actually seen him in uh, the little Asda at Saint Nicholas <laughs> a couple of times getting yeah. his shopping. So he's obviously uh, moved up yeah. to the area, and no, he looks. He looks. He definitely looks. Uh, Excited. Yep, definitely. Um, in terms of attack, just one more quick thing to mention. Um,
0: Gavin Riley obviously featured in the early games, but he hasn't, well, obviously in the first game. But he's been on the bench the last two. Came on against Alden, uh, caused a few problems. Didn't feature against Cambridge. Do I have this horrible feeling that he's going to end up with one of these plays that we just don't use properly?
1: Because he, he just, it just seems a bit of a weird one. I, I, yeah, I, I, think, I think I said this to you on yeah. WhatsApp the other week, didn't I? You know, just... I, I'm I'm a big fan of Gavin yeah. Riley. He's a player I thought we should have went for when he left Queen yeah. of the South. Uh as they had two or three players at the time who would all have done a job for us. And I I don't know if the way we play maybe suits him at the moment, but uh I I would hope in time that he's not just, you know, left to yeah. Sort of ten fifteen minutes. It it actually reminds me of when Sean Miller yes, first came I was just to the thinking club. about
0: that. He's a very similar sort of player. Isn't
1: he? Yeah, similar sort of player. Got the experience, but just never really got that run. And I, I think he's one of those. If if he did get a couple of games and got a goal, he'd get a few more. He's, yeah. But uh, no, it's it's still early days yeah. and. We've got to see what happens. Yeah, definitely.
0: Um, okay, I think oh, I was going to give a little mention about was it too early to judge Farman based on the defensive performance, but I think we sort of agree on that one. That Yeah, you can't yeah, really judge the yeah. keeper this early because the defence has looked a bit, little bit shaky so far. Okay, Stan, so I think we've gone on long enough about those two games. Um, hopefully yeah, a clean slate and a fresh start this weekend. So uh, we'll take a short break now, and when we come back, we'll it'll be time to talk about this weekend's game, home fixture against Southend United. Welcome back everyone, we're into part 2 now and it's time to look ahead to this weekend's game against Southend United. Second bottom versus bottom in an early six-pointer, I jest, of course. But it is a big game for Beach, actually, Dan, isn't it? Because we saw last weekend Southend look like they're in a real mess right now. And if we can't beat them, alarm bells might start to ring.
1: Yeah, I mean, Southend were absolutely atrocious in League One last year. Even the wonder boy, Sol Campbell, couldn't do anything yep. when he came in. They just lost week after week after week. I know they've had a bit of trouble within the club. I don't think they're in the best of shape and let's be honest they're, they're probably favorites for relegation you know that yeah there's that bad a team and like like i mentioned earlier it's the ideal fixture for Absolutely. us for us to Absolutely. hopefully put things right especially at home in front of a crowd as well yeah you would hope so I'll, i will just put in the uh the customary cautionary note that this is <laughs> carlisle united and we have yeah. a horrid habit Of being the first team to lose against these sort of teams on runs. Exactly. But but if we do do this this Saturday, then serious questions will be asked. Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, um, you mentioned there obviously the fact that they lost 4 0 to newly promoted Harrogate last weekend. Um, I watched the YouTube highlights earlier. Oh my god! The defending was absolutely I mean, comical, d- is not it? Well, our defending wasn't that bad for some of the goals. I mean, the third one obviously we were done on the break a little bit, and there's a little bit of poor defending, but not nothing like no, no, that. no. I mean, the the fourth goal is just comical. The the third one was bad enough. They, they all just stood watching while a player <laughs> yeah. was lying down in the area for some reason, and then the first couple as well. They just they just stood off the men in the area and. It seems as well, the left-back position seems to be an area we could target, so you'd imagine torre and Patrick might be looking forward yeah, to facing yeah, to that. Yeah, you would hope that so, sword. yeah. You'd hope so, yeah. So, yep, yeah, so Southend made only three signings this summer. Uh, they decided not to re-sign Jack Bridge after his trial spell. I wonder if he regrets that, not signing that deal with us now, Dan, because he's uh, struggling
1: to find himself a club, isn't he? Yeah, did, did we not say he was possibly linked with Stevenage after leaving Southend? But, uh, possibly, yeah. I've not seen anything. Yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't
0: it? I, Just a very strange sort of decision not to sign a deal. It was a really poor deal. That's the only thing I can think of. But but there you go. Um, But they've actually added two more today. Um, They've re-signed popular former defender Alan McCormack, who uh, was part of the Northampton team that went up from the playoffs last season. And they've also brought in Barnet striker Simeon Akinola. Um, Now, Akinola's not particularly prolific. um, But interesting fact, he was actually sent off in his last visit to Brenton Park. Uh, when he was playing for Barnett for a studs-up tackle on Michael reigns I remember yeah, that one, actually. Yeah, well, I remember it that, yeah. fuss, and It was a particularly nasty one as well. Mm. Um, uh, Barnett still managed to get a late equaliser, um, but that's just typical of that season, I think. So, yeah, uh, McCormick's an interesting signing, isn't it? Uh, good experience heads add to their squad because they, they do actually, it's an interesting fact that they have the third youngest average age of squad in the division. Only ourselves, Cal United and Scunthorpe, have got younger squads on average than us so adding a 36 year old especially one with so many appearances on his belt to the squad probably a good move for them
1: yeah i mean when when you look through his uh his his list he actually started at preston which i didn't realize yeah uh, yeah that, oh, actually
0: yeah, he was there yeah
1: yeah south end charlton swindon brentford luton uh as you say played a few games for northampton last season and he is exactly what they need for, like as we just mentioned about their performance at the weekend, it was diabolical and he's uh, exactly what they need.
0: Yeah, you do wonder though, obviously not having had a pre-season, I don't know if he's been on trial anywhere or anything like that, you'd imagine with an experience like that, you'd probably just throw him in the team, wouldn't you, and just know that he'll be able to coach himself through the game effectively, wouldn't you, had a thought. Yeah. But, um, yeah. but it'll be interesting to see whether we sort of almost target him for pace and have
1: Coyote playing off him maybe possibly I don't know yeah and Akinola is one of those who he sort of flits be, he's, he's one of those that flits between a National League level and sort of lower League 2 you know I mean yeah. he, he played a lot of games for Harrow Brain Braintree Harry, yeah. Barnett and he's scored a few goals but yeah,
0: is he really is he League 2 level not sure not sure but he's more of a wide player actually when you yeah, look at his, yeah. his, his, his performances so probably not the Best to judge him on goals, but yeah. um, another
1: body into their squad, obviously. Um, uh just a quick note he has a degree yeah. in systems engineering, apparently.
0: Does he? Yes, well, well, there you go. He's, he's sorted for himself when he, if his football career doesn't work out, that's, yeah. that, that's quite a rare, is not it? It's usually sports science, something like that. Yeah, isn't it? So, yeah. yeah, fair play for the lad. Um, the big thing, South End, as well, at the moment, is they've got big off the field problems as much as on the field, haven't they? Uh, yeah, so obviously, on Wednesday this week, they actually had a winding up order from HMRC over a just under half a million pound debt adjourned until the 28th of October. Um, now, they are planning to move... In, they've been planning to move into a new ground for, I, I think, probably as long as I've been supporting Carlisle. They've been doing that 20, 25 years. to Fossett's farm, I think it is. Um, and the plan is all will be demolished and about 500 houses will be built on the site, which would um, help basically fund all the yeah, issues yeah. that they're having and build a new ground. But there's a real danger for them. They could actually slip through the leagues, isn't there?
1: Yeah, the... <laughs> they're a strange club south end because you know the, i when i first started watching football they were, they were a, a, a solid championship club for a few yeah. years and they just they suffer a lot from losing people to west ham i know yeah. i know, I know it's, it's still a little way out but there's a massive west Ham following in the south end area yeah. i know i know west ham have club shops in south end for instance and that they, they're just sort of it that doesn't help them but They've, they've just been a mess for a while now like you say yeah. that those ground plans have definitely been as long as our blue yonder ones if not longer, longer i'm yeah. sure
0: I'm, i i remember it in about 2001 2002 yeah, that's yeah. the first time i remember and i remember i remember specifically the words Fawcett's farms yeah being yeah. mentioned as the, as the location so it's clearly been a long ongoing thing and their fans are, and they still get a good crowd they got crowds of six thousand last season in league yeah, 1, which yeah. is pretty decent and and anyone who's been to Routel, I'll tell you, it's an absolute dump of the ground. It is essentially, they've bolted seats onto yeah, very that, tight old terraces. That,
1: that away normal. end is awful. There's yeah. no room whatsoever in it. And, and some of the seats are pretty
0: much, your yeah, eyeline is pretty much pitch level, isn't it? Yeah, it, yeah. It's not, not great. What they have done this some so you mentioned Saul Campbell's in charge last season. He couldn't keep them up and decided to depart. Uh, they have played Mark Moseley. As manager now, he actually did a really good job at Weymouth, didn't he? He got them promoted two seasons in a row, up into the National League now. Um, But I think he faces a
1: pretty tough challenge in essence. Yeah, did they not give him a free year contract?
0: Yes, we mentioned this in the season previously. Yeah, we, If you haven't listened to it, go and give it a listen.
1: Yeah, it's all all very all very strange. I mean, don't get me wrong, he's, he's clearly been doing the business in non-league, but it is a step-up, a free year deal, and a bit of a crisis club. It's... ooh... It's going to be interesting how it pans out.
0: Yeah, it, it, it's, it'll be interesting to see how he does. Um, it's one of those ones, though, for him, he probably looks at that, and he's done a good job to get Weymouth to the National League, but Southend's so, ends so much bigger club than, yeah, than Weymouth. Yeah, and with definitely. the issues off the field, he might be given a bit more time, especially I think of a three-year deal. They must clearly think he's capable of doing something in the long run. Um, but yeah, so let's move quickly on to the team news. So uh, for Carlisle, it sounds like Aaron Hayden should be fit for the game. It's... Hard to sort of judge from what Beach was saying, but he seems confident that he'll be able to yeah, play. Yeah, Um Brennan Dickinson is obviously the one that's still out long term injured. Um, we had a little bit of an update on Josh Dixon as well, didn't we? Um, sounds like he's pretty much recovered from the ACL side of things, but as is always the case with these sort of injuries. Um,
1: the re- it's, it'll, it'll be the rest of the body adjusting yeah, it's, to, it's, to training again. So it?
0: It's just a slight fire strain, and they're hoping that he'll be back and rearing in a couple yeah. of weeks, maybe by of the things, but it'll be great to see him back out on the pitch soon. Um, and as you mentioned before Dan it sounds like Dean Furman could possibly feature on the bench this weekend I yeah.
1: actually thought it sounded like he could play full stop but uh, yeah. he we'll, might we'll see to be honest, the way we played last
0: couple of games Beach might be looking and thinking I need to put him in there Yeah, yeah. It could, be, could be a bit of a problem uh, Southend I, I struggled to find a bit of information <laughs> about their team <laughs> is, to be honest with you. all I've got is the fact that the two new signings could feature him, and I'd imagine Moles if he could change the whole team probably would do this because yeah, yeah. they weren't particularly great but um, Okay, Dan, so that's rounded up sort of the team news bit. Not much to say there. Uh, Let's have some predictions.
1: I'm going to go for a sketchy 2 0 win. So I think we'll score in the first half and then we'll seal it in about the 80th minute.
0: Okay, Uh, scorers. Uh,
1: Callum Guy and Gimme Two there. Oh, very good, very good.
0: OK, well, I'm going to go for a 3-0 win. Um, I think i will get a nice early goal, maybe get a second one about half an hour in, and then I think Southend will probably push forward, try and get in a goal back, and we'll later on get a third goal. Uh, I'm going score as of Toure. Um, who else should we go for? Patrick. And I reckon as well Riley might get one as a late sub. That's my <laughs> predictions. There you go, I'm going a bit... Uh, left field there, but that's that's way it is. Um, okay, I think that's rounded up the uh, Southwind preview stuff. So let's do our usual update on ex cal United players. Um, first up, two of the lads who were let go last season have now found clubs. Um, first one, not really a massive surprise. He was on trial there. Um, he's already acting the prat by the looks of things going on some of his Instagram posts the other day. Uh, Harry McCurdy has signed for Port Vale. Um, no massive surprise there, Dan. Really, as soon as he went on trial there, I thought he was going to get a yeah,
1: deal. The, the lad lives in the Stoke area, doesn't he? So it's uh, it's ideal for him, and he set up their goal. In was it the was it Fleetwood that got beat by in the League Cup? Uh, I'm not. I, sure. I, I, I think it was that, Fleetwood, man. but I know uh, I know McCurdy set the goal up, so he's uh, he's up and running for Port Vale. Port Vale are getting a hell of a collection of ex-Carlisle players, aren't
0: they? Oh, incredible! It's just. Never seen anything like it, have they, for a long time? Yeah. In the same way, we're building up a nice collection of ex-Bradford players. Yes, yes. But yes, so, Aaron McCurdy signed at Port Vale. Um, the one that was a little bit of a surprise was Byron Webster has joined National League side Bromley. Um, well, I say it's a little bit of a surprise, but he's obviously got strong connections down that way, because he was at Millwall, wasn't he? And it seems that that might have something a little bit to do with it. I'm yeah, not I mean, when,
1: when when he signed for us, he'd, he'd mentioned, I mean, is, is it Harrogate he's from? Somewhere around I think, there. I
0: think it's it's near Wetherby. I think it's yeah, north so, of yeah, North uh, Yorkshire.
1: Yeah, yeah. And obviously, a move to Carlisle made sense because he was a lot nearer home. But uh, is it Alan Dunn? Is that involved at Bromley? Who oh, was, well, that would explain because he was at Millwall, wasn't he? Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, I did. I know when he, he signed for them, I looked and he uh, he did mention the manager that uh, Dunnie's mate, Byron Webster. Uh, yeah, he's been he's been at Bromley for two or three years. Actually, Alan Dunn, I've just uh, had a quick look while we were talking there. So yeah, but no, I think it's a it's a good move for them. I think I think he he could be a good player at that level still.
0: But yeah, it's a little bit surprised he didn't get a league club, but maybe just the current circumstances, just the yeah. way it is, I
1: guess. Now one one that I found yesterday. Yeah, go I, on, you go this one. I uh I as as some people know, I absolutely love obscure European football. And I was—you love the early rounds of the qualifying. Oh, I absolutely the Champions love, league them. In Europa, love them! don't you? Love them! And uh, I was keeping an eye on Total Network Solutions, as it used to be called TNS. They were playing. The the, yes, they were. They were playing at B36 in the Faroe Islands, and it went to penalties. And uh, not, uh, you shouldn't do this, but I managed to find a stream for it. <laughs> and uh, the penalty shootout was just starting, so I watched it. And ex Loney from Wigan, Danny Redmond was uh, taking the last penalty, which he he had saved, which meant that TNS uh, went out. So oh. just a little random one, which follows yeah. from uh, Bastian and oh, I- playing in uh, for Linfield, and Lewis Brass and Craig Curran playing
0: for um, Was it? Uh, Connor's key, I think it was.
1: Yeah, uh, in the early, early rounds as well. Speaking of heady, he's actually playing right now for Linfield. They're uh, they're actually getting beat at half time off uh, yeah. Floriana from Malta, which is a bad <laughs> result. So. That's not
0: a great result for them, is nah. it? Um, but yeah, um, interesting. I, I quite like Redmond. Actually, I thought he was a decent little player. In a yeah, pretty the, poor
1: team actually. He, he was one of those who he obviously got a bit of football at us and. We thought he would come back here, but we just it never happened. And uh, he went to mm. Hamilton, didn't he? Yeah, he quite a few years there, didn't yeah, he? He two or three seasons. Then. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, okay, let's look at a bit, bit further back for another ex Blues on the move. Um, I really like this one. Mike shared this one with us. I actually had seen it, but I'd forgotten about it. Um, David Raven has uh made the move from Cheshire back into Merseyside and from Warrington Town, he's joined Marine FC in the same league as Workington. Um, I think he was warrington's play this season or what are the players of the season in warrington's league last season i think
1: yeah david david raven was a player i liked when he was at carlisle yeah. whether at right back or center back and i think he plays center back these days right? yeah i yeah. i i was a bit disappointed when he left us and uh he he, he was a bit of a legend up at inverness because he had several years there and yeah. i think they won a couple of things while he was there. he's, he's fondly remembered up in the uh highlands
0: did he win the scottish cup there with richie ford i think Is yeah possibly something like that yeah yeah um but yeah so good move for david i think he's supposed must be about 36 now or something like that yeah he will be yeah he's, he'll be getting on a bit but it's you know very very good sign of for marine uh, always tend to do quite well in workingson's league next up this one this one came a bit out of the blue didn't it john sheridan didn't last very long at waterford
1: did he no. But not not really surprised because he got offered the Wigan job and he's taken it. But in his few weeks in Waterford he managed to piss everyone off, didn't he? Basically called it a, <laughs> a farmers league or something and you know you use a terrible, you know, you need to sort yourselves out. So he's, I don't but think he, he'll be fondly remembered.
0: now he's he's not one to mince his words as he shared an in fairness to me. remember when we got we beat uh, Oldham 6-0. In the post-match interview, he was basically just fuming how bad we were. I was like, "God, lighten up, you miserable sod!" just like, I mean, at that point, we obviously didn't realise that he was on the verge of leaving. Us yeah, to kind of chest yeah, field, yeah, So explains a lot, really. I mean, that didn't look a smart move at the time, but it's come around quite well for him, hasn't it? Yeah, you definitely. Get him a job. Yeah. Although obviously there's still a bit of a basket case off the field. You'd back him to do a pretty decent job and keep them at least in League One and maybe challenging mid-table playoffs
1: yeah uh, but do that. It, it depends how quick the sale goes through because yeah every time you you put like sky sports news on there's there's another consortium in or out and uh they really need i know they're still recruiting players i think i think when they played the first game there was one player who s- played in the last game last season and yeah. that, that like was a, that, possibly but it, you you're only talking six or eight weeks difference because they obviously played a they bit might.
0: later You'd imagine the only reason Joe Garner's not left them is because he's got a deal a contract there, obviously, and at his age, it's probably difficult to get him shifted on the wages on, I guess. but uh, I wouldn't say so no yeah. to him back or three, oh, Definitely, definitely. But I, I imagine we probably can't afford him right no, now. No, no. Um, okay, and the final one, uh, we're going to look at three ex-youth products who are playing in the top flight now. Um, first up, a uh, little mention, Jared Branfrey featured in the Everton's 3-0 cup win against Salford City. Um Last, was it last night I think it was yeah um, last night picked up an injury though after about
1: 23 minutes a little bit of a worry for him yeah serious. seemingly he possibly went over on his ankle and uh, I think they're just waiting to, to sort of probably a little bit of swelling and give it a yeah. scan And obviously at, at that level they'll have all the scanning machines on site at the oh, training yeah, ground yeah, yeah. So ho- ho- hopefully only short term for the boy yeah uh, and then obviously next
0: we've got a couple of goalkeepers let's first up talk about the really positive one good news is for him at least Mark Gillespie made his debut for Newcastle United in a win over Blackburn in the Cup. Really nice to see him do well, actually. Yeah, I mean, when
1: when Gillespie went to Newcastle, there seemed to be an expectation he'd be third choice. But by all accounts, he seems to be second choice following, I assume, he's done well in training, etc. I think Debravka's got an injury, which might explain
0: why he's there at the moment. Ah, yeah. Carl Darlow started the season as first choice. For yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Gillespie on the bench, but,
1: yeah, but by all accounts, he had a good game. Yeah, the uh, and I, yeah. I, one of the uh, the northeast sports reporters I follow on Twitter uh, said that you know he's come full circle and he was probably his man of the match on the night. So yeah, was it well, was well it really, done to
0: him? It's a really lovely touch as well, wasn't it? Because I think it was um, I can't remember how many years, but the number of years. Since the passing of one of his former teammates when he was in Newcastle's academy before right, he right. came to us, who passed away. And I think he it was the Toma Fund, wasn't it, that he was a patron of? And yeah, yeah. I think he, he gave a little mention after he was just, a, he felt how proud he was Yeah, the yeah. he'd finally made it and done what they both set out to do. Yeah. It was really, really nice no, touch. Um, and obviously, the last one, um, you, you dropped this one in, on, Dan, and it's a really good point, actually. Is Dean Henderson finally going to make his Manchester United debut and make us a bit of Wonga? Well, the thing is, we've got a, they've got a League Cup game next week, haven't they, I think, as well. Yeah. So there's every chance he's going to feature in either the League game or the League Cup game, you'd think.
1: You, if I would... You. If he doesn't start the League game, I'd be amazed if he doesn't start the League Cup game.
0: Yeah. Uh, I think Romero's on his way out, isn't
1: he? Yeah, I'd love to know the wording of the actual uh, deal, but... I consider a debut to be any competition that's first team. So. I think
0: I think it's a first team competition in yeah, yeah. with that one, but it might be that we get more when he makes his league debut. Yeah, like and I don't know. But.
1: Further touching, talking about debuts for him. Uh, obviously, he was in the last England squad, didn't play because there were two qualifiers, but. Uh, the next two international windows, England actually have triple headers. Yeah. Uh, they play a friendly, then, two Nations League games. Uh, sort of, I think they'll play Wednesday, Sunday, Wednesday in both both windows. And him and Nick Pope are going to need to play games. Yeah. So it would be zero surprise to maybe see them play a half each in the friendlies.
0: Oh, we can only hope. We can only hope, can't we? And uh, a little bit more Wonga coming into yeah. Britain Park and... To be honest, in the times they are, I and mean, obviously there's the a risk that they may suddenly stop letting fans into games, and that puts clubs at risk. It actually puts us in a pretty good position, as terrible that is for other clubs. Yeah, potentially that money could keep us safe, really.
1: Yeah, but it's it's uh, it's not an insignificant sum, is it? By all accounts, I mean no. it's never been confirmed by the club, but people close to his uh, family out west have uh, indicated it could be seven figures for each. So. Yeah.
0: Good. Fantastic, it is really. I mean, yeah, it's
1: definitely. Brilliant for the club.
0: Um, well, I think that about wraps it up for this episode, Dan. Um, thanks as ever for your time. No um, problem. We're hoping to get an episode out early next week, which we're going to, what I'm going to do is I'm going to try and record something on the day and give people a bit of a flavour of the experience of going to the game in the current conditions. So I'll be taking my, my handy Dick's phone up with me. Um, if you if,
1: if if you see two of us acting shifty, a meter or so apart with a, a yeah. recording device, it'll just be us two recording. So I'll, I'll come I'll and say like a, hello if you see us. Yeah, I'll be I'll have a
0: big long stick like um you know when uh, a <laughs> Vic and Bob with the man yeah the with man the stick. with a stick.
1: I'll put,
0: put a funny hat on as well just to make yeah. it look apart. Yeah. Um, so yeah, what we'll be doing is I'll record a few bits on my way up, just chatting about what it's like because I'll be coming up on the train, um, and then obviously before the game we'll meet up and stand a, a meter apart. Yes. Yeah record our thoughts on what it's like actually to go to the match and obviously after the game catch up quickly as well just to discuss that uh, too. So that's the plan. Hopefully we'll get that early next week out. Uh, We're also aiming to get some of the special episodes recorded soon. I keep saying it but it's just a case of getting ourselves together really, isn't it? Because we want to make sure these time sensitive ones are done when we can. Yeah, because it
1: it changes so fast, doesn't it, at the moment. Yeah, exactly that. And obviously as well, I've mentioned
0: this on Twitter but I've been sent an advanced copy of Obviously, I say advance, obviously it's out now, to on sale. Uh, John Coleman's Bolts from the Blues book. I only had a chance to read a few chapters so far, but it's a really fascinating read. Um, Would highly recommend you get it based on those few chapters. Yeah, I'll I'll just
1: just add that it's on sale in either the Club Shop or Bookends in Carlisle. So, I think Bookends actually have signed copies, so if you want John's signature with it. Yep, there get, you go. Get yourself, get yourself a copy. Um, but
0: what I'll be doing actually will be I'll be sitting down and having a chat with John at some point, talking about the book and basically just a little chat about all things Cali United as well, hopefully. So um, hoping to do that next couple of weeks, uh, depending on John's availability. Um, and that's about it, I think. Um, so, yeah, if you've got any comments or feedback, or there's anything you'd like to discuss, Please send them in via Twitter to at Brunt and Bugle or by email to bruntandbugle@gmail.com. at gmail.com. We haven't had too many in yet, but if please send them in. We really want to talk about what you want to talk about as well as much as anything. Um, remember you can subscribe to the podcast via all good podcast apps including Acast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. Please do also give us a review. We'd really appreciate the excellent feedback we've had so far. Um, this is the point where I always give a little mention as well to the countries people have been <laughs> listening in. We've only got one new country this time. Um, it's Sweden. So the Swedish lads have joined the the game. So thanks very much to I'm, I'm personally
1: Sweden. hoping it's uh, Zlatan... Decided to spend his last year at Carlisle next season. But... Yeah, just just doing a bit of research yeah. out of his big move, hopefully.
0: <laughs> but um, but yeah, we're still still not in any South Africa. All these lads on the Carlisle United Facebook, you're claiming you're, you're spotting Carlisle now because Dean Thurman's here. You're not listening <laughs> to our podcast. Where you at? Give us a listen. Give us a listen. Okay, that sums it all up. Thanks again, Dan. Uh, thanks everyone for listening. And up the blues. Up the blues.
1: Hall oh.